awkward silence. You got to start out that way. You got to start the new year that way. We're so thankful you're here wherever you are right now as we start our brand new series, uh, How to Win Within. We're excited that you are here with us. We're excited to see everyone's smiling face right here, looking right back at us at, at Yeah, smiling faces. We're good. We're thankful for each and every one of you, wherever you're listening or watching throughout the world, throughout the week. We are thankful that you are here. So here we go. Crowd participation. First and foremost, who is a fan of cough drops? Me. That's right. All right. Me too. Awesome. So we got one going, but how many folks, really quick, show of hands, uh, how many folks made a New Year's resolution this year? Man, you should, thousands of hands raised in here. You should be crazy excited. Of those, how many have have broken those maybe you're watching online how many keep your hand up if you have not broken it have not broken it you have kept your new year's resolution which means if you didn't make one you've kept it technically but we won't open that one wherever it is this time of year uh you hear this in church a lot we share it a lot we talk about it a lot new year's resolutions this is the weekend it got broken it's only a week away and you transition this week into Valentine's Day next week. That's where your hope is going to go. I'm telling you right now. In retail world, that's it. Right now, the, the diet fad is in. Then you put your hope in Valentine's in that relationship, and you eat all the chocolate in the world. So that is what happens in this transition this time of year. And so where we are right now, if we're not quite careful, many of us right now will either define ourselves by our brokenness, define ourselves by the broken New Year's resolution. We will beat ourselves up because maybe we think, I'm not good enough to keep this. I don't even want to waste my time with it anymore. And we will let that define our year instead of being rest, excuse me, instead of resting in our identity in Christ, instead of trusting Him uh, all the way through in 2023. So that's kind of what we're going to be walking about uh, throughout this series is how to win within. We're going to talk about how we can win within because what if instead of having a goal on a board, a piece of paper that you've written down, uh, a financial thing, you instead trusted in who God created you to be this year and whatever next step he calls you to take in that, you trusted that. I want to tell you as a pastor, that's all I want for you. This year, if God's called you to take a next step, I, I want to cheer you on and pray you up and see you take that, whatever that is. If it's to, you know, uh, lead at 950 a prayer, if it's to lead a message, if it's to share your story, if it's to lead in worship, let, we'll, we'll get with vine worship because I may think I can lead all, I can't, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Whatever that is, if that's you, I would love to see that and pray you up and celebrate that this year. So all the way throughout this series, guys, we're going to be in one anchor verse before we get to where we're going to spend our time today. And our anchor verse each and every week is going to be this, especially when it comes to this time of year. And this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. It says this in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 9. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's how we win within. See, the thing that I love about this is as we walk through this, you may have heard this in church. You may have seen somebody share that scripture all the way through. What I love about this is Paul never shares his weakness. See, we want to know it, don't we? Because we want to we one-up Paul. I mean, I, that, that's what we want to do all the way through. We're like, hey, he was just a murderer, and he had uh, toe fungus, or he had, like, he had uh, his eyes oozed. He had eye issues. He had, like, he, he had uh, dry eyes. That was his weakness. We don't know what his weakness is. And what I love about how the Holy Spirit led Paul to write this is it levels the playing field for all of us. What if Paul's weakness, many of us here are the same space that Paul was in. Maybe the weakness we have is a broken relationship. We keep praying for God to restore it. And we know that we're weak in that. And instead it hasn't happened. And we're letting that define us instead of trusting God with it. What if it's broken finances? What if his weakness was Paul went out and built tents what if he was like the, the guys, he sold crypto. I don't know if they had that back in the day, but like, what if he had one of those things? What if that was his weakness? What if Paul's weakness was chocolate? Dude loved some chocolate back in the day. Maybe that was his weakness. Maybe, maybe it was that. Maybe Paul's weakness was a broken relationship, not with, with a, an opposite sex, but a broken relationship, like say with John Mark, like that happened when he first went out on the mission and Barnabas is there, the old son of encouragement is there, and John Mark goes and abandons him, and Paul says, never again. 
So it becomes Paul and Silas. Maybe that's his weakness. Maybe his weakness is he's too judgmental. Maybe his weakness is he's not judgmental enough. Maybe his weakness is he doesn't talk to anybody. Maybe his weakness is he talks too much. Whatever it is, I love that it is a level playing field for us. Paul is saying, I am not defined by my weakness. I'm not defined by my brokenness. Instead, I'm defined in Christ. And this year, if there's anything we can share with the world, it's that. You aren't defined You aren't defined by the taxes that you pay, by the street address you live on, by the car that works or don't work. You aren't defined by what happened yesterday. Instead, you are defined by Christ because the world is searching for that. Right now, I'm telling you, they're on day seven of the diet pill, the magic diet pill. And the reason I know that is in retail world, man, I could not get enough diet things at the front of my store to sell. I could probably sell $500 diet fads This time of year, this is when it would happen. And when that is broken, they're going to search for something else. And we got to say, hey, the search is over. How great is that? We live on this side of the cross. We don't have to keep looking. Jesus is the answer. So instead of being defined by that weakness, Paul is saying, hey, even in my weakness and my brokenness, I point to Christ. And that is where I'm strong. And so for each and every one of us, I just want us to dive into that throughout this series because if we're not careful... We'll let another year go by. We won't grow in the Lord. We'll be in this same cycle, and we'll be stuck in victimhood. I don't know about you, but Jesus didn't come for us to be stuck in victimhood, did he? He came for us to walk in victory. You know what victimhood does? It blames everybody else for the next step Jesus has called me to take I'm unwilling to take. Genesis 3, that happened. As a matter of fact, that happened. What ended up happening? Adam got himself in hot water. We're talking about Valentine's Day coming up. Got himself in hot water. God said, did you eat from that tree I told you not to? The woman you put me with, she made me eat it. You know why they got banished? Adam had to go make sure he built him a great doghouse. Because I'm going to tell you, spouses, don't ever do that to your spouse. It's not a good idea. He blamed Eve. And then what did Eve do? The serpent deceived me. Not that I took it on my own free will, It's somebody else's fault. See, sin does that for us. It keeps us stuck in victimhood. In the culture that we live in, we love victimhood. But Jesus said, I came for something more for you. I came so that you can walk in victory. You don't have to say. So Paul is saying, even in my weakness, even in my weakness, when I went around murdering and persecuting the church, Christ was still strong in me. He met me on that road to Damascus. So church, that's what we get to share. We get to share with the world searching for victimhood, what the victory looks like in Christ Jesus. And that's for us what we're going to walk through in this series, how we are not going to be walking through our effort, our time, our goals, but instead who Christ says we are and what he's created us to do. So really quick, we're going to go through three things that are very familiar plus one throughout this series. I'm not going to tell you when we're going to do it because they're going to be interwoven within. Okay, if you want me to give me an amen. I'm doing my little dance. I don't know how you do that. I don't know what that is. All the little kids do the dances now and the the TikToks, as they say, we probably got kicked off wherever we are. The talk ticks. Can we go backwards like that? Can I say that? That's probably what it is. Uh, all that to say, wherever you are, we're going to, three familiar things plus one. So really quick, this year, if you didn't make a New Year's resolution, maybe you set a goal for yourself. How many of us set a goal for ourselves um, to spend time with someone, something, or doing something? Maybe you're going to spend time away traveling. You're going to spend time with a loved one, spend time and something else. Did anybody do that this year? Wow, we are an excited bunch of people. One, thank God, one. Hallelujah, Jesus. We got one in the crowd participate. So time, we're going to talk about time as we go through this. The reason we want to win within, we have to talk about what our time is. How do we spend our time? How do we look at our time? What do we make room in our time for time? Because here's the thing I want to tell you. How many of us are under 40 in the house? And everyone raises their hands regardless. In God's name, you are. Uh, You're under 40. Let me tell you. So the average lifespan right now is about 78 years old, okay? Give or take. For For a male, at least, it's about 70 years old, right? Did you know if you're under 40 and you live the average lifespan of 78, by God's grace, you hadn't called us home and you hadn't finished your race, you will spend six and a half years of your life scrolling on social media. What's the number one thing we say we don't have time for, though? Man, I just I don't have enough time. <laughs> there ain't enough time in the day. Jesus, y'all, I promise it's going to be encouraging. Right now, if the Holy Spirit's slapping you, I'm sorry. He's been slapping me all week. So join in the fun. We're going to get to grow in the Lord this year. Number one thing we say is I just don't have time. 
Yet, we can predict the tide coming in, the sunrise and the sunset, and when we wake up every morning, we all have the same 24 hours as anybody else around the world. We spend almost 10% of our life, think about that, scrolling on social media. Sometimes it's a release, I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're a social media person, I'm not, I'm not beating you up about that. I'm just saying, hey, if your priority is time this year, maybe that could be a, a way that the Lord's gonna work through you. Maybe you could use that time to invest in the kingdom even more. Maybe it can be a gospel thing you're sharing online. Whatever that looks like, our time is something that we have to look at on how to win within. The second thing is, how many of us this year, I have one person, thank God, working on time, uh, are working on a, on, on a, a, a new skill, honing your skill, being better. Yeah, well, there we go. Now we got some folks. Honing your skill. That's your talent. Are you going to make your talent better? Are you going to try to be better at something this year? Are you going to read some books? Are you going to try to grow into a certain, um, like, not a guru. If you are good, that's great. God is, God is faithful. You could do that. Y'all know that ain't how I roll. Uh, although I do have books available in the lobby after the service for a small donation of $5,000. You can get one book signed. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in the handkerchief for uh, an extra 55,000, is that what it is? And, and I'll, I'll clean the floors for 100 grand. I think that's what, that's what we talk. Anyway, whatever that is, y'all know I'm joking. That is not how I roll. Nothing wrong with that if you sell books. Nobody would read what I had to write. So it's all good in the world. So if you wanna grow your talent, that's how you can learn to win within. So we have our time, we have our talent. Really, church, you already know where I'm going. Number three, how many of us wanna have better finances this year? A few people, that's great. Everybody else has got it figured out. Yes, the blessed life is working from last year. I hope you dive into that book. It's definitely, definitely working. So your treasure, how do you win within is your treasure. What do you do with your treasure? What is the thing that you treasure? As a matter of fact, when it comes to what you treasure, I can tell you what your worship by looking at two things. The first thing is your time. I can look at your schedule. But where I can really see what you worship is if I look at your bank statement. Your bank statement will tell me what you have, what has priority in your life more than anything else. And you know, everybody, as everybody exits to the back, that's not what I'm saying here. I, I'm so thankful here at the Vine that we have sowers who give of their time, their talent, their treasure. They put God first in their finances. But I just want to say, if it's more about subscription payments than it is about what God's called you to do, then maybe that's the next step he's calling you to win within this year and trust him with. Is your finances, your treasure. What do you treasure? What do you put first? What is king of your heart? And when I say that, don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you, I want to make more money than I've ever made this year. Great, what is that? Why do you want to make more money than you've ever made this year? What does that look like? Because I want to buy a gallon of milk and it's cost like seven grand. You know what I mean? Like, I understand, whatever that is. But what is that? Like, we can have some fun with this. Just be honest with me. Like, this is how we win within. We look at our time, we look at our talent, we look at our treasure, and here's the plus one, church, our tent. Our tent. Now, I just, it's no coincidence. Paul was a tent maker. We're talking about tents. So what does tent talk about? Our tabernacle, our body this time of year, once again, is when everybody's trying to, to sculpt and make the, the summer-ready body and get everything ready for the body. And this is the thing I want to tell you as we dive into the text here in a little bit today in Romans 12, is this. Uh, so many times this can get misconstrued. I've seen it be abused on both ends. I've seen time, talent, and treasure be abused on both ends. I've seen tent be abused on both ends. This isn't me gonna stand up here and tell me that you gotta have a you gotta have a 15 pack abs and a, you know you gotta have a one percent body fat. And I'm also gonna tell you that it doesn't mean that you you lay on the couch all day and you don't do anything. That's not up to me. The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you on what you need to do physically, uh, and, and what that has to happen. But more importantly, what I want to teach and walk through in these next few weeks is your tent. How are you using your body to be a vessel for God to work through to build his kingdom, for Christ to work through to build his kingdom this year? How are you using your body? Because if you use your body, you're gonna be able to see your time, your talent, your treasure. It's gonna take all of those things for your body to be used well. That's your body. And if we're not careful, that, that the reason we get stuck in this, and we're gonna see in Romans 12 how this plays out uh, today as we talk about our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tent, Y'all should be, alliteration people should be really excited. It's four T's. And it's given to you by the fifth T, Tyler. Like, come on. Man, 
I can't say T too much because if I say TT, it might be a trigger word for the cute little puppies that are, that are training and all that good stuff. So we won't do that. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be diving into this thing called a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. It's almost counterintuitive what that talks about. But if we want to learn how to win within, we've got to learn how to be a living sacrifice. And when I say learn, it actually sacrifice means that we have to give something up. We have to surrender to be a living sacrifice. So if you've got your Bible today, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this before, if you've been around any Christian many times, you've heard this before. We're going to be in a familiar text. Romans 12 is where we're going to be. We just heard Paul write to the Corinthians church. We're going to read what Paul is writing here in to the Roman church in Romans 12. So if you'd have a Bible, go ahead and get there. If you don't, we have plenty of them for free over in our garden area, our lush garden area with our zero calorie food over there. Uh, Also, our Vine Products team, we say it all the time. I can't say thank you enough because I cannot spell well. Uh, It'll make sure they're on the screen wherever you're watching around the world. And you can also follow along with us on our Vine Church app. Go to the vine.tv slash app. It's going to send you a custom link. It's going to ask you your grandmother's maiden name, your favorite high school teacher or school teacher, and the name of your best friend, as well as the last four of your social. We just want to make sure. If you'll send us that pin code when that I'm just joking. Y'all know I am. It's not going to do that. If you go to divine.tv slash app, connect with us. You can take next steps in the Lord. You can see what that's about. But also has a Bible in there that you can follow along with us. So if you remember, give me an amen. I hear some amens. Let's go with it. Come on. Let's give the Lord some, some glory today. And we're going to be excited. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul writes this. So we know that Paul says, in my weakness, I am strong when he talks about this because it's the Lord's strength in him. So let's see what Paul says to the Roman church here. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul is unpacking a few things. We see this living sacrifice in there. Paul is walking through how each and every one of us can win within. The first thing he says is, therefore, that means in light of, we know that, I urge you. I urge you. In other words, Paul is saying in Christ Jesus, what we have to do is important. Have you ever been urged to do something? My brother-in-law is in urgent care because he needs urgent care this morning. Like, he urgently needs something. Have you ever had to, like, urgently be somewhere? There's something. When you say urgently, it means that we work with a purpose. There is something going on. Paul is saying, I urge you because it is important. So Jesus slapped me with this a, a couple of years ago. I've shared it multiple times with us, but I'll be honest with you. When it comes to urgency, what Paul is meaning here is we live like the tortoise, to work like the hare. I know I say that a lot because I have to be reminded of that. I'm not talking about the hare that could be falling off. I'm talking the Aesop's fable, tortoise and the hare, right? Slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady next steps. Small steps, insignificant steps to us are actually what wins the race God has put us on. But we do that not just so that we could be humdrum slothy. It's that we can actually do the work of the hare while still winning the race. So when it comes to urgency, church, would you agree that what we have is the best thing in the world in Christ Jesus. There's nothing, listen, a shot, a cancer cure, as terrible as that is, and we seem to be an Alzheimer's cure. It seems like we're getting there with those kind of things, right? The best medical discovery is nothing in light of the gospel. Nothing. So what we have, Paul is saying urgently, that's the urgency this year. Why? Because today, somebody is gonna die and go to hell. And though I can't save them, I can do everything I can to point him to Jesus, which is why I'm thankful we gather here to point people to Jesus. So Paul's saying, hey, therefore, I urge you. What you're doing is urgent, brothers and sisters, because you are so awesome, you are so great, you, you have a 30-pack abs, like, you're it. You're better than Patrick Mahomes at playing sports. You're better than anything. Like, you're the best of the best. You, you are the goat of all times. Because of that, you can be with urgence. No, Paul says, in light of God's mercy, I love about this is once again, Paul is pointing to is all the goals that you write down, all the things that you do, it's not about you. We only get to be a part of it by God's mercy. Mercy. God's mercy. So we get to have today by God's mercy. 
This year, I, I, I got to share with some of you, I've, I've been trying to make sure I write in my gratitude journal. Uh, and one of the things that slaps, slaps me is uh, sometimes, and I will tell you, maybe this is something for you today as well. Uh, every morning, I, I usually pray like right when I get up. But one of the things I, I've been trying to do differently, uh, and it's not my work, it's in light of God's mercy, is I just thank God that he opened my eyes this morning. Because here's the thing I know. I'm either going to open my eyes and I'm going to get to live this day on earth or I'm going to open my eyes and see his face. But either way, I'm going to get to be in his presence by Christ Jesus. So I want to thank him for that. We, 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 we push that down sometimes like, this is the day, <laughs> youth group, you know, <laughs> children's ministry, you know, it's in there, don't even lie, I will rejoice. How many times do we do that? Sometimes I'll be telling you, I don't feel like I'll rejoice and be glad. Sometimes you see me like, he ain't rejoicing, it's that broke toe, go slap him in the foot real quick, right? Like, I want to rejoice and be glad in it. That's what the world is searching for. So Paul says, in light of that, I urge you, why do we get to do that? Because of God's mercy. God's mercy, in other words, we never, Austin was just talking about the worship team pointed to it, our Vine worship team and everything they did. Like, we deserve death because of our sin. We deserve eternal separation from creator God. But instead, in his mercy, he gives us something undeserved. That's what we get to share with the world when we, when we do that with our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tent. We get to do that because here's the thing, church. I'm just going to be real with you. We cheat on Jesus every day just like those resolutions. Yet because of his mercy, he, give, he gives us his mercy. Not because of us, but in spite of us. And if we can't shout and celebrate that, and if we can't share that, then church, we need to, to get your heart right. We need, to, we need to just get on our knees for a moment and just say, Lord, let that shine through me. Because of that, in God's mercy, then Paul says he urges us in view or in light of God's mercy, depending on the version that you read, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now, if you grew up when I did in youth group, this is when you would expect Creed to come on. And uh, you would, if you know, you know, come on, y'all. Y'all know. Y'all know. Don't even lie. We probably got kicked offline again for that, but that's all right. We'll, we'll report it. Don't worry. We'll report that in the, in the copyright thing. If that's playing underneath me, I would lose it. Anyway, uh, our living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. This time of year, we sacrifice things. We make our bodies subject. So what does a sacrifice imply? Something must die. You see, when Paul's writing this to the Roman church, they're still in a moment of time where people are sacrificing their firstborn to the gods to appease them. Could you imagine that? Like, to us, that seems so strange, but at the same time, we, we do something with that as well. We, we sacrifice many times. We don't realize it. But Paul is saying, in light of God's mercy, we get to be a living sacrifice. Well, if, if you are a sacrifice, then you would be dead. But Paul is saying, in view of God's mercy through Christ, instead of being a dead man walking, you actually get to be a living sacrifice. You get to share with the world that Christ died for us, in spite of us, in, in place of us. So Paul is saying, you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Holy, set apart. We know what this is. You hear pastors talk about this all the time. Holy means to be set apart. You hear us say this, and it's a phrase we can often screw up. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes in my life, my heart has not been in the right place when it comes to this. We're in the world, but not of the world, Right? We are in the world, but not of the world. So when Paul says holy and pleasing to God, this is where it gets abused. This is where, oh boy, have you heard his Spotify playlist? Listen, I'm going to say, if y'all know me, mm, I, can, I can get some good worship music. I get my worship music on, but there's all kinds of music I listen to. That would be one of those that people say, man, and the Lord will hold me accountable for it. I'll be honest with you. He will where I'm wrong. But sometimes in our life, we focus on the wrong things when we talk about holy and set apart, right? Hey, you may, you may get rid of, uh, I'm, gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm, you may get rid, you remember back in the day when we had to put our CDs and flip books like in the car? Come on, y'all know if you had more than one changer in the car, you were it. Then Napster changed it all. But all the way through, wherever you were, right, you went through there and did that. So when we say holy and pleasing to God, I'm not talking about the weird stuff. So you did, there's nothing wrong with just listening to Christian music. That's absolutely fine. I'm not beating you up about that. But what I'm saying is what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 24, and all the woes of the Pharisees. If you remember, he says, uh, you blind, you, you squeeze out a gnat and swallow a camel. What if we're focused on the wrong thing? It's great if that's what God's called you to do it. I will tell you, if you've hung out at any big game party so we don't get kicked off, if there's a halftime show, I'm probably singing the words, and I'm very sorry. You can judge me all day long. 
whether it's Outcast or Shakira, I'm in on it. Like Beyonce, I, I mean, I sang it. It is what it is. Y'all, the Lord will judge me where I'm wrong. But if they rolled up with some Hill song, I'd be all up in it too. It doesn't matter. It's just, it just is what it is. I'm telling you, that's, that's where I'm at. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is when we say holy and set apart, are we trying to set ourselves apart the weird way? Like when I go to a wrestling match, I don't need you to tell me I'm going to hell and not engage with me. Like I know I am because it's hell in a cell. Like I'm going to see the wrestling match. It is what it is. Like, I don't know why you're telling me that. I'm not going to hell. I have Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm not worried about that. I don't need you standing on the street corner telling me that. And if you tell me you're Jeremiah or Isaiah all day long, get butt naked and walk around and tell people that they're going into captivity. And I know you ain't doing that because you're going to be in jail. So get out of my face. So what I'm saying, holy and set apart, when we do that, we, we are in the world but not of the world. But how are we doing that? When somebody comes on and, 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 yes, Beyonce plays, do we just, yeah, I shouldn't be listening to that. That's just, well, no, 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 no. Parents, this is, you know, I don't have kids, so I have the, the best parenting advice, so you can trash me on this later. I share this because I mean it. I, when I have kids, I'm sure, if I get to have kids, by God's grace, it'll be different. But here's the thing. If you're trying to teach your children to be pure before marriage, it shouldn't be because it's going to upset you or make God mad. It should be because Christ is the better way. He is the way. And this is what Christ tells us to do. When it comes to the music we listen to, why do we listen to this? Because Christ is the better way. Because when we say it's because God's gonna be angry or you're gonna be angry, I promise you they're gonna break it. I'm living proof. I'm hard-headed and your children are better behaved than I ever could be. But I'm telling you, if it was because I was gonna make somebody mad, well, how mad? Are we talking on a scale of one to 10? How mad are we talking? A scale of one to kick me out of the house. Where are we going to be? Like, where are we landing in this? That's where we can be. But instead, church, we get to show the world that Christ is the better way. That's how we get to be holy and pleasing. And that's how we get to help each other. So when I say all that, are we trying to take this moment where we're squeezing out a gnat and we're swallowing a camel? So in other words, if I'm coming up here telling you you need to work out all the time and you see my big tail up in line at Krispy Kreme, like just honking the horn, I, my car doesn't do that, but it sounded really cool to roll the windows down. Y'all know if you lived in that age, it is what it is. You rolled the window down that way, and I was on the wrong side. I was on the passenger side, so apparently I was at uh, Chick-fil-A when I did that. But wherever you are, if you saw me doing that all the time, I'd be a hypocrite. I'd be no better than where we are in the world. So for us, church, that's what we get to do when we give our time, our talent, our treasure. I know we're covering a lot of things right here, but what does Paul say when it comes to that? That is how we get to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And when we do that, then finally we have true and proper worship. So in other words, our priorities are right and what we worship is right because Christ is our treasure. Then he says, by doing that, we can not conform to the patterns of this world. So for each and every one of us, just some context, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up today as just kind of an introduction to what we'll have over these next few weeks, and hopefully, prayerfully, you'll join us, uh, continue to join us all the way through, is when Paul talks about our bodies, we can miss this. Um, Peter talks about it when he writes it, uh, about how we are the, the tabernacle. Paul writes it a lot, how we, are the, the, how we are chosen a royal priesthood, how we are built upon each other, right? Like we are there. We are the priesthood of the saints. We are the foundation we get to be built on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. We get to be the concrete and rebar for those who come behind us in Christ Jesus. Uses some terminology here. But tent, tent, your tent. And Paul's time, this is going to sound, we're going to make fun of them, all right? We've already made fun of them because they sacrificed their firstborn. And you're going to be so glad we don't do this today, okay? In Paul's time, the body was so corrupt, it was irredeemable. And as he was writing the Romans and the, the Greek philosophy at the time, when Paul is writing this, the body is so irredeemable, so corrupt, the people would spend all of their time trying to get to the spiritual realm. So in other words, this is irredeemable, so I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm going to do everything I can to try to get to the spiritual realm, appease the gods so that they let me in. So when Paul says you get to be a living sacrifice to them, to the Romans, this is, a, this is, this is crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, this corrupted body that can never be redeemed? Come, Lord, so I can get to heaven. So we think this is new. This is old, excuse me, but this is in the church now. And I, I know that I'm gonna, the Lord will hold me accountable, but when I say this is why I don't say, uh, yeah, yes, I, we all pray for the Lord and, that his, and his full glory, but Jesus has already come in his full glory. So many people will say, I'm just praying for the rapture. I'm not. You know why? 
because if I still got a breath in me, I'm still running this race. And I'm going to do everything I can to hear well done. And I want to be a part of everything he wants me to be a part of. And so for us, this body isn't so corruptible that I'm in a rush to get to heaven. It's that Jesus came to redeem this corruptible body so that I could have heaven in me now. And that's where we can get stuck. So to the Romans, this is what Paul is writing to the Romans. We think that body is so, in, in the time we live in, we say that our body is worthless. It tells us nothing about us. And believe it or not, your body points to who you are. More importantly, whose you are. That is what your body, if you were created in the image of God, why would this body, why would Jesus rise again to defeat death, hell, and the grave for us to have a corruptible body that had no point in his plan? Why would he even come as a baby in the flesh to do that? But so many times we do that. I'm just ready to get on to heaven. Yes, I'm, I, man, I got, I'm so thankful that I get to be in heaven. But here's the thing. I don't care. The reason I'm thankful I get to be in heaven is because Jesus is there. If Jesus is on the sun, I'm going to the sun. If he's in Jupiter, that's where I want to be. I want to be in Jupiter. And I ain't talking that, that heaven's gate, hell bop stuff that we had back in the day growing up. And the crazy talk, I'm saying where Jesus is, that's where I want to be. I'm not just looking forward to heaven. I'm getting to live it out now on earth because I understand this body is part of his plan. So this year, our tent, will we let our body be part of of his plan? Will we stop throwing our body away and saying it's so worthless and corrupted that it has no redeemability? Because when we say that, church, we're telling the person that doesn't know Jesus that they can never be redeemed. We're telling the addict that they can never have hope. We're telling the one who just got the medical diagnosis that they don't matter. The one who just lost the job that it'll never be okay. That's what we tell them. So let's continue to be who Jesus created us to be in this tent. Let's finish this up and look at the importance of the body. Uh, Romans 12, verse 3 through 5. For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Man, I think that that should be, man, that, that is a picture of the church. We belong to each other. We belong to each other, church. The body matters. If our physical body doesn't matter, then the church body doesn't matter. We belong to each other. We mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. In other words, we gotta understand that every person Jesus places in our path has a space and a place in the body of Christ. And so as we share that, we get to show them that the body does matter, that the body of Christ matters, like the church matters. Where does this play out? That's where our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tent plays out, right? That's what we get to share. All of us, all of us have a function. All of us are part. None of us are more important than the other except one. You think I'm going to say it's me. It's not. I'm definitely not. It's Jesus because he's the head. The rest of us all matter. We belong to each other. If you think it doesn't matter, go break a toe. If you think a little thing like that, or you go, you go uh, a fracture, some, a paper cut, y'all, a stinking paper cut will make you go to your knees so fast, maybe that's just me, and cry out to the Lord, why is this tragedy? And he's like, son, look at my nail-scarred hands. <laughs> I know, but my paper cut. Like, you know, for each and every one of us, we have a part in the body, even those, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, that don't matter. Let's go through 6 through 8, and we'll be finished for today. We have different gifts. We have different treasure different talents, right? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Once again, all of us have a talent. All of us have a gift. And each and every one of us have been given that gift to exercise it through the body of Christ, with each other, through each other. See, whatever your talent is, there's space for you in the local church around the world. That's why I know I press a lot, and I know I ask a lot, and I say this a lot. That's why when I say at 950, if anybody wants to share an encouragement, an encouraging word, I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks through you because we belong together more than he can through me. 
It's not about a message that comes up all the time. It's about us understanding who we are and pointing to Christ in all we do. If you've got a talent, listen, there many of us right now, by God's grace, we load in, load out. We all wear many hats all the way through. Maybe you're gifted at video things or you're gifted at preaching you're gifted at teaching you're gifted at helping people take next steps you love praying with people there's a place for you here not just here in the local church around the world we want to help you find that we want to help you take that next step in that so would you understand that this year it's not about accomplishing a goal that you've already failed at it's not about ending the year saying i want to pay zero in my taxes good luck with that all the way through it's not where that is instead it's about who jesus created you to be using your time your talent your treasure and your tent and everything this year that's how you win within it's not about a 12-step program it's not about any of those things because without christ jesus none of that works Instead, we get to point to him in all of those things. So what if this year we win within, and then we don't keep within, we share. We share with everyone that comes in our path. I'm telling you, you know, if, if you're searching for the Lord right now, I mean, we were all there at one point that, that you hear all this, and this time of year you give, everybody gets excited, and, you know, it's new, it's fresh, and he has made all things new, and I love getting to share that this year, but sometimes I discount that because I believe he made you new. But to me, it's the same old me, right? <laughs> like Eeyore sometimes. But how does that show to the world that's searching for him? If I'm the same as I was yesterday as I am today, I'm discounting Christ and his word. I don't know about you. I don't want to be that. <laughs> I want to keep growing in him. I want to keep taking next steps in him. I want that for you. And so this time of year, so many times, everybody's got a plan. You're going to see all those ads online. Uh, on that six and a half years you're scrolling through your social media <laughs> online or whatever that looks like, everybody, like I said, it's going to be weight loss. And they have the better planner. They've got the better financial advice. They've got the better this. They've got the better that. And instead, once again, we get to live a life that shows we know the better, and that is Christ Jesus. So I want to say this today. If you don't get anything out of today, Jesus didn't come to change what you do. He came to change what you want to do. Big difference. Yes. Are you going to do the good works he prepared for you in advance if you've grown up in church? Yes. But he wants you to want that because he is your treasure more than you wanting it for your, uh, as he said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, a whitewashed tomb where you look good on the outside, but you're still dead inside. He said he wants you to want what he wants. Why? Because he wants you to have life. He wants you not to be bogged down in your sin. He wants you to be walking in victory, not in victimhood, not saying, it's this person's fault, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, it's that person's fault. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't stand up on that. He didn't go up on that bloodstained cross and say, Father, they screwed me over. <laughs> he said, Father, forgive them. That's what we want. So wherever you are right now this year, I want us to be encouraged by how to win within, but maybe we just be reminded this year of who Jesus is and what he's done. And not be afraid to give a praise and a shout. Not to say, hey, maybe I ain't where I want to be, Lord. Maybe I'm not where you called me fully to be, but I certainly ain't dead and dead. I'm not dead in my sins, stuck in that place, trying to be chained up, stuck in victimhood. I get to walk in victory. And so for all of us, the first thing we have to be reminded of as we get ready to end is this. When it comes to winning within and it comes to the posture of your heart, who's the hero of your story? See, resolutions happen because we think we can be the hero of our story. We all want to have our name on shining lights. We want to have a, a building with our name on it, a brick on the little thing, or, you know, an acknowledgement somewhere. But instead, those of us who are in Christ Jesus realize we aren't the hero of our story. We're the villain. <laughs> Sin. But Jesus, Jesus said, hey, in spite of all of that, listen, listen, in spite of all of that, I'm still coming for you. See, all of us are born into sin. If you tell me you're not, sin, you're not sinful, you've never been a child. Because I know that each and every one of us have defied our parents. And if you think that you haven't, bless your heart. Bless your heart. That's all I got to say. For each and every one of us, if you think you haven't, all of us have sinned. And the wages of that sin is death. And yet God loved us enough. He said, I don't want you to stay dead. I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want something to go before you that can live a perfect, sinless life you couldn't live, die a death you deserve, paying the penalty for your sin, and then allow you to be fully who you were created to be now. And that is found in Christ and Christ Jesus alone. And whether we understand this or not, the main thing is whether we trust Christ or not, those of us who have trusted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we confessed and repented of our sin, we've turned 
from that way and we surrendered our life to Christ, lordship of our life, letting him guide us. Even when, it, even when we say, hey, to the world, it doesn't make sense what you've called me to do, but I know this is what you made me to do, and we do it. For the rest of those who are online that don't know who Jesus is or you're in the house and you don't know who Jesus is, I just want to say, will 2023 be a year you keep walking in a circle on this treadmill of performance, a treadmill of comparison, a treadmill of, man, treadmill of death. Because one thing's for sure, on this earth, it's the, it's the thing that we have to realize is all things will pass. <laughs> I don't care how long you try, there's always going to be an average lifespan. And it can keep getting better and better and better and growing and going up or going down. But there's only an average lifespan on this earth. You see, I'm not going to put all my eggs in the 80 years I get on this earth and lose the 80 million I have to come in Christ Jesus instead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust and worship Jesus for those 80 million to come and serve him for this 80 I get on this side of eternity. And so for you, I just want to say, are you trying to change your behavior? Are you trying to make it look good for you? Are you going to trust something that you can treasure that will actually give you life, the satisfaction you're searching for? Once again, I'm all up in some Paul right now. So I want to tell you, Romans 5, verse 6 through 8 reminds us of this. When you think you have to clean yourself up and get it together, if you think that you have to get ready for this relationship in Jesus, that you have to do everything right, Paul reminds us of this. You see at just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't have to do anything. He did it for us in spite of us. Jesus loved us enough. Even if we chose to reject him today, he still went to the cross for us. And if that don't get you excited, I don't know what else will. Because Jesus has come for you and I. He has made a way for us. And so today, while we do what we do, hopefully and prayerfully you've been encouraged by the Spirit, not the words that I have to say, but others of you right now, maybe you're watching online and you, you happen to be here, you're in the house and you're just like, I don't know, Jesus is my Savior. And today is your time. Today is your opportunity. You can't clean it. You don't have to. Listen, I love at just the right time. You didn't prepare for it. It was at just the right time. At just the right time. It was a moment that you didn't have on your calendar. It was a moment that you hadn't set aside. It was a goal that you couldn't set to achieve at just the right time. He died for us. So would you trust him? You see, we do what we do each and every week because of that. We, we know that someone had to point Jesus to us. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't get to know him and surrender to the Holy Spirit. So for right now, if that's you, we're gonna bow our heads and pray. And it's not gonna be the words of this prayer that saves you. It's the faith that Jesus is who he said he's, he is. What we're gonna be saying in this prayer is we're gonna con be confessing Jesus as Lord of our life. We're gonna confess and repent of our sins. We're gonna be letting Jesus know that, yes, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and that because of that sin, I'm separated from you, deserving of death. We're also gonna be saying in this that Jesus stepped in for us he died for us paying the penalty for our sin then we're going to be praising his name because he didn't just stay dead he rose again on the third day so that we could be who we were created to be the 80 million years to come now not wait until we get into eternity and die on this earth we get to be a living sacrifice now we get to be who we were created to be so with every head bow and every eye closed please repeat these words after me for the benefit of those coming to faith for the first time. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, died the death I deserved, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, if you're in the house or you're online, I want to ask you on the count of three to boldly raise your hand. And for the first time, you have confessed and repented your sins and you have surrendered lordship of your life to Christ. One, two, three. If that's you, would you let us know? If you're watching online, would you let us know? Leave a raised hand in the comment or reach out to us at 
at, at prayer at divine.tv. Shoot us a message throughout social, on our app, whatever that looks like. Uh, you can send us a text message at 864-580-6698. We want to celebrate this decision with you. Uh, for the rest of us, you can look up. I want to say thank thank the Lord that we get to be here. The reason that we say this to you, if you're watching online or it's the first time you surrender the Lord, it's not so that we can take credit or we can say of the great things we did. We want to help you get into a local church. We believe the body belongs with each other. We believe the body that, that Jesus has given you time, talent, treasure, and a tent, a body, so that you could not only keep this gift of salvation to yourself, but you can share it with each and every person he places in your path. We want to help you take that next step. So would you please let us know. For the rest of us, we're going to worship. I know today's kind of like a, it's a ground level, and I'm praying as we go throughout this series and we continue to walk through how to win within, that Jesus would just remind us of the time, the talent, the treasure, and this tent that he has given us, and that we would point to him and all that we do. So would you please stand and sing? Yeah. 
excited. Yes, thank you for hanging out with us today. It's such an honor and privilege to see you guys. We hope to see your smiling face with all of these smiling faces next week. And who knows? Who knows? We might we might break out, saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze. If you know, oh, you know, I'm bringing back all the hits. It is what it is. Michael W. Smith's going to be singing, I'll lead you home. We're breaking out all of the wild hits. And when Toby Mac was Toby Mac, Jesus Freak, DC Talk Days. So, see, I got worship stuff too. It is what it is. And there might be notorious B.I. Jones. Don't worry about that. It is what it is. But we will celebrate the Lord, and we're going to continue to walk with him because he is the only way, Christ is the only way, how we learn to win within. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you next week. Have an awesome week. And remember, the best is still yet to come.